focus on a theme that's going to be increasingly important as we progress throughout this century, and that is In Christ Alone. You may remember that we learned a song by that title last week, but if you look at the religious viewpoints that we see inundated on a daily basis through our television screens or the airwaves or our radios, that is a message that is becoming less and less common in Christ alone, the exclusive nature of what it means to follow Christ. And that's what we're going to focus on uh, this evening. It wasn't very long ago that a major, well-known preacher in larger evangelical circles did a radio and video, a radio and television interview on CNN where he was asked point blank if Jesus was the only way to salvation. And he said that he could not make that judgment. That wasn't something he could say. And as we look at the world around us, that's becoming increasingly popular. And so it's important for us to think through these issues and to sing about the sacrifice we have in Christ. Now, for those of you who were worried, we weren't going to get to a few of these pictures for our books of the Bible as we go through the daily Bible study. Don't worry. We're going to make sure we make time for these. But you'll remember, as we study through our daily Bible studies, we're looking in the Old Testament and also the New Testament. We've left off Psalms and Proverbs because we've gone over those pretty well. But you'll remember the first book in the Old Testament is the book of Genesis. When we think of that, we imagine the big N here. Genesis is about beginnings. And then the second book in the Old Testament is the book of Exodus. And it doesn't get much plainer than this, the exit from Egypt as Moses was leading them out and God was delivering his people from slavery. And then we have a little more complicated uh, Leviticus, which if you'll notice, there's a a priest here. You can tell he's a priest because he's wearing Levi, so he's from the tribe of Levi. And then he has someone who is uh, giving his left foot a kiss, which if you say that fast and use your imagination, sounds a lot like Leviticus. And so the two major things we see in Leviticus as God gives the law is laws about the feasts and offerings. And you can see that symbolized by what the Levite there is holding in his hand, feasts and offerings. And so we have that. Then the next book in the Old Testament is the book of Numbers. And as you can see, they are wandering around in the desert. Numbers tells us about that period of time where the Israelites wandered in the desert before heading into the promised land. Now this last one also requires some imagination. Because you have these two stone tablets of law, and they're singing together. And when two people sing together, it's called a duet. And so they're singing a duet, but they're not just singing, they're also running. You can tell by the the running shoes they've got on, they're ready to run. And if you were to put yourself into the mind of, of this man who's laying down here, he would say that they are doing a duet and running on me. And so if you thought about a duet, run on me... And just put those together, uh, you'd think of Deuteronomy. And so, uh, again, use your imagination here. But Deuteronomy, and the theme of Deuteronomy here is the law. And you see kind of the first law in the background, and they're applauding the second law. Uh, Deuteronomy is Moses restating the law to the Israelites before they enter into the promised land. And so when we think of Deuteronomy, the theme for that is law. And so those are the first five books. Then we come to the New Testament. We've already talked about this mat with the U on it that reminds us of Matthew And he tells us that Jesus is the king of kings. Also, we have the M arc, which reminds us of Mark. And you remember that this waiter is taking an ant to what appears to be a very hungry anteater. And this waiter uh, is showing us how to serve an ant. So when we think of serving ants, we think of servant. Jesus is shown in Mark's gospel as a servant. And we see Jesus constantly going from one scene to another, serving others. Now, here is the third gospel here. And you can tell by this picture that there's an individual who is a physician. You can tell he's got the doctor's bag right there that says MD on it. He's got the stethoscope. And so you can tell that he's a, he's a physician and he's got a big telescope. And that telescope helps him to look. And so when we think of look, we're reminded of the third gospel, the book of Luke. And we're reminded that too because Luke is described in the New Testament as a physician. And so here we have a physician, Luke, and he's looking at the perfect man. And you know that he's perfect because everyone's giving him a 10 there in the audience. This is the perfect man. Jesus lived as the perfect man. And Luke gives us that example of his sinless perfection, the perfect man that was reaching out to those around him. So when you think of the Gospel of Luke, think about the perfect man. And it's that Jesus that we are going to be singing about and uh, and studying about this evening. Uh, As we sing through this song, In Christ Alone, I want you to notice the themes of the four verses Uh, The first verse talks a lot about the comfort we receive from Christ. The second verse 
uh, deals with the sacrifice Christ gives us. The third verse talks about the victory of Christ. And then the fourth verse, uh, the fourth verse uh, reminds us of our salvation that's found only in Christ. And so we'll sing that song together. And uh, then we'll have our opening prayer. And then our men will come and lead our minds in song. Uh, if it's convenient, let's stand as we sing this song together. All right. <laughs> so thankful for this wonderful evening we have the chance to come out and sing praises unto you so thankful for Andrew and the talent that he has putting these fifth Sundays together pray that you'll watch over and continue to bless him be with those that are leading us in song the talent that they have our Heavenly Father we pray for this congregation pray that you'll continue to watch over each one that labors here pray that we'll always be a, a congregation that stands for the truth our Heavenly Father, so thankful for our elders that lead us and watch us and shepherd us. Continue to be with them and their families. Our Heavenly Father, so, so thankful for all the sister congregations. Pray that they always stand for the truth. Our Heavenly Father, so thankful for our soldiers that are serving at this time. Please continue to be with them and watch over them. Pray that we know that we are soldiers in the field laboring for the Lord. Pray that you'll be with us too as we are. Strike down the devil and bring souls to thee. Our Heavenly Father, we know there's so many sick at this time. Pray that you'll be with them and watch over them. Continue to uh, bless their families that are laboring with them. Our Heavenly Father, we have so many that have lost uh, loved ones this, this week. Pray that you'll watch over those families, comfort them as only you can. May we do whatever we can to help them and continue to pray for them. 
Our Heavenly Father, be with us as we go through the rest of this service and into this new week. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. In Christ alone we find comfort. 548. 134. 134. I think the words on the screen will be for 393, but I knew this tune better, so uh, we're going to do 134 if you like to read music, but the words are the same, I think. <clears throat> the Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. Thank you. 
In Christ alone, we have sacrifice. Number 373. 373. There are things that we Seventy-six, three hundred seventy-six. He paid a debt. He paid a
Christ alone, we have victory. Number 469, 469.
number 853. If you would stand as we sing this song, number 853. Christ alone we have salvation, number 300, number 300. Let's all sing these next two songs like we are standing up. Everyone sing out. 300. It's all up here. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our best
song is uh, Someday, and the words are on the screen. The way we'll do this is we all sing this part on the screen together, and then we'll have soprano, alto, tenor, bass. Uh, Basses, you sing your part twice, and then each part will drop out, and then uh, we'll all come in and sing it one last time together. Here we go, everybody. Something I will be songbooks number 683. We'll sing that in just a moment as our song of invitation. 683. I appreciate these men uh, leading us in song and I appreciate you bearing with us as well. Our uh, song program is based on a later edition of our songbook so there'll be times when uh, little words and phrases and even sometimes entire lines will slip in on us and so we appreciate your flexibility as we as we work those out. I enjoy coming together uh, when we sing and worship to our God And so for just a few moments, I'd like to share with you something that, uh, as we keep our eyes open to society around us, we'll see prevalently uh, more and more. And uh, I have already shared this with those in my Bible classes, but it's something that I think is very powerful. Uh, A few quotes that I've come across recently, just in the past few weeks, that really reflect uh, what we often think as a society about God and religion. In fact, this is a quote by Wendy, who is a life coach and motivational speaker, who says, I take what resonates with me from each religion. Moral codes are just religion's excuse to judge people. I don't believe in right or wrong, it just is. If it feels like something I should do, then I do it. I believe everybody's belief system is right for them. Mine is right for me, yours is right for you, my mom's is right for her, and so on. I don't believe in judging each other the way I see happening in Christianity and other religions. And yet that seems to be such a far cry from Jesus' words to his apostles. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. There was a story recently in the Washington Post about another couple, Ed and Joanne. And the writer concluded the story this way. He said, now they commune with a new God, a gentle twin of the one they grew up with. He is wise but soft-spoken. Cheers them up when they are sad, laughs at their quirks. He is most essentially validating, like the greatest of friends. And best of all, 
He had been there all along. We discovered the God within, said Joanne. That's why we need God, because we are God. God gives me the ability to create my own godliness. Ed and Joanne are searching, and they have put together a religion that they feel works for them. And yet that doesn't sound like the ones Paul wrote about. The one Lord, one faith, one baptism. The challenge for this century is going to be uh, not just a matter of trying to decide how best to glorify God, uh, but it's, it's going to also consist of sharing with others that God is the only God that should be served. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. My father showed me one of these bumper stickers when we were visiting uh, in Memphis over the holiday break. And you may have seen these around. Uh, the idea is to coexist. And that's what this message is. The symbols from left to right represent uh, Islam, uh, the Wicca symbol there with the pentagram, uh, E, which says under it equals MC squared, which is saying for science, uh, Judaism, uh, Buddhism, that has the, the wheel of karma there on top dotting the I, Taoism, and Christianity. The idea is we should all be able just to coexist, that we should all be able to set one just as, just as equal and just as valid as all the others. And it's an idea that sounds loving, it sounds open. In fact, sometimes it sounds almost Christian that we should all be able to coexist. And yet when we read the New Testament, we understand that while we love those around us, we have concern for their souls, we can't place every religion as equally valid. We have to hold Christ up as the way, the truth, and the life. In Christ alone is where we're going to find salvation. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Romans chapter 6. Of all the places that we could look to read about how we are placed into the body of Christ and the way in which we are resurrected in the likeness of Christ's resurrection, I think Paul paints such a beautiful picture of what it means to become a Christian here in the first few verses of Romans chapter 6. As we think about the battles we'll face as we are sharing with a world that is increasingly pluralistic and open, open-minded to all sorts of different religions and And we're prone in every other aspect of life to mix and match and create our own. And so that idea has bled over into the way we view religion. As we prepare ourselves to share the exclusive nature of Christ with that world around us, let's reflect on what Paul says here in these verses, beginning in verse 1. Paul writes, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? And remember this specific group he points out here. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. In just a few short verses, Paul has told us over and over again that the group of people who are going to be united with Christ in the resurrection are those who have been united with him in death. I have no hope of heaven. I have no eternal home with God unless I submit my will to God's plan and submit my life to Christ and put his blood on as I uh, put Christ on in baptism and be united with him in that death so I can be united with him in resurrection. And Christ alone, that's where we find our salvation. And this evening as we've been singing about Christ and we've been singing about the blessings that are available in Christ, it may be that you're here and as we've sung, you've realized that you are not a part of that body, that you don't have access to those blessings. This may not be the only opportunity you have to respond to the gospel, but I can't think of a better one, can you? To come together with a group of people who would love nothing more than to be called your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you have yet to make that decision, you want to make that known today, or, or maybe you've made that decision, maybe you are in Christ And yet, things have sidetracked you. Challenges have taken your eyes off of following in his steps and in modeling your life after Christ. We can all relate to those times. And as a church family, we have the opportunity to pray with and to pray for each other. If there's any way that we can help you, 
come to Christ, and Christ alone is where we find our salvation. It's open to all of us as we stand and as we sing. Forty-seven. We'll sing the first and third verses. If you have not had the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper, if you will exit the back of the building, you will be uh, directed to the right area to be served. Number 147, verses 1 and 3. <clears throat> I stand amazed in the Closing song number 704, 704, Bind Us Together. If you have not, would you please uh, fill out one of the visitor cards if you're visiting with us, and the regular members fill out the, the uh, white cards, and the visitors fill out the blue cards, and the young soldiers will pick these up as we sing this song. Let's sing through it one time. Bind Us Together. Bind Us so grateful tonight that we can come before you and praise in your name and worship 
Father, we're thankful for all the many blessings that you give to us here at Mount Juliet. Father, we're especially thankful for the leadership here and their families and all the sacrifices they make to make this a place where people can come to learn about you. Father, we're thankful for all the missionaries that are in the world that are spending their time teaching others and, and making people come to become familiar with you and become you as their Savior. Father, we're thankful for the families here at Mount Juliet, from the youngest to the oldest, and we recognize how important each person here is in the work of the church here in Mount Juliet. We ask a special blessing on them. Help us to see the doors of opportunity to, to spread your word locally and abroad the world, throughout the world. Help us to reach out to others and teach them about you and encourage people as we can. Father, we're, we're mindful of those who are not with us here tonight. For whatever reason that may be, we ask that you be with them and be with their families. Help us to do what we can to encourage them. Father, we are especially mindful also for the sick and for those who are hurting because of lost loved ones. We ask that you comfort the, their families and help them through this difficult time. Father, help us always to look to thee for guidance and directions. Help us to be faithful to you and help us one day to have a home with you in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.